the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Good day. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Money, investing, and more. Talk about the stock markets, where they're going, and why, and how much fun are you having with these markets? Are you not at all? Uh, some people like things a little bit simpler. Some people are, are fine with the drama. Um, but it does feel like drama, right? So let's talk about what we're seeing out there. Um, it is still earnings season. With earnings season, we get the, I'm not going to say randomness, but we get three or four really odd weeks of, let's read into the tea leaves, so to speak. And it could be a company like a Caterpillar who comes out and says, things weren't that bad. Well, what do you mean by not that bad? Well, we had record revenues. Okay. What else do you mean by not that bad? Well, we had record revenues in four out of five continents. Like, well, that's pretty good. Okay, okay, okay. So it's earnings season, and again, we read the tea leaves. Like, Google had a number that was awesome. But Google also spent a lot of money. So let's say, hypothetically, it's a capital X theory thought play in your head, okay? Capital X basically implies that Google gave their employees storage on the Internet and uh, a brand-new computer. Oh, and network cables. Oh, and a cell phone. Obviously, it means a lot more than just that, but that gets, gives you an idea. And they come out and they beat revenue and they beat earnings, and but they spent a lot of money. And basically, it's a arms race, right? What do I mean by an arms race? I mean exactly what I'm saying by an arms race. Google, Amazon, not so much Yahoo, not so much. Um... They're building up their, their arsenal. <clears throat> Google, Amazon um, are obviously the main players. Companies like Apple in, in storage, not so much, but Microsoft, Salesforce. So Caterpillar, United Tech, Verizon, Lockheed Martin, Lilly, Harley-Davidson, Coca-Cola, all trading higher after posting their earnings results for the March quarter. Nice. Caterpillar, which is up 3.4% pre-market. Provided the most uplifting report for the broader market. So pre-market, Caterpillar and Google report last night. And then we're kind of just waiting around and you see how they're doing pre-market. Because you can buy and sell stocks even when you can't buy and sell stocks. You just have to be willing to do it and pay the price for it. Something else is up right now. The 10-year treasury note sits at 299 that's going to become a problem as it goes above three, three and a half. We're going to see the markets test the lows again. And again, is that the end of the world? I don't think so. But as the 10-year goes higher, you're going to see home builders like Pulte struggle. 
because you can afford less mortgage. Today's progression is also tied towards economic reports. So we get earnings season where companies come out and tell us how they're doing. But then you also get the government saying, okay, we're going to take a look and see how new home sales are doing or uh, first-time unemployment claims. So you kind of have to, you know, have to have a palette of colors to work with. Then you have to have a canvas that you feel comfortable with. Then you have to d- decide, you know, are you going to go with oils? Oils can take forever to dry. Then you can go with, you know, watercolors that they're very unforgiving. Oil is very forgiving. But same thing goes with with markets. You have to kind of have this canvas of like, what are you good at? Are you good at saving money? Are you good at budgeting money? Are you good at uh, insurance? What are you good at? And you start applying some of these life lessons, so to speak. Home prices surged in the month of February, even as mortgage rates rose. This is not good news if you don't own a home. Home values nationally jumped 6.3% compared to a year ago. Home prices nationally were 6.7% higher. Uh, Big leaders continue to be Seattle up 12.7%, Vegas up 11.6%, San Francisco up 10.1%. That's pretty cuckoo. Year-over-year prices have increased continuously for the past 70 months since May 2012. Over that time, the price increases average 6% per year. These prices are based on three-month running averages. Inventory is down across the nation. Home builders, while increasing production slowly, are not coming anywhere near close to meeting new demand. So that's out there. There's more talk about the Cal exit. <laughs> Plan to divorce California from the U.S. is getting a second chance now. I'm not even, not even going to go there. I'm sorry, but that's just not me. Um, what else is out there today? The uh, Steve Cohen, he's one of those guys that talks a lot on CNBC. On Tuesday, a mobile credit card startup called Extend is going to announce it's got a $3 million investment by Steve Cohen's .72 Ventures. You're going to see more like the Robin Hoods and the Acorn apps. Really, you know, the, the, what's called FinTech, financial tech. Really start moving. And Cohen's not a dumb guy. He's worth billions, right? So he goes out and his company puts a little, little bit of money, $3 million, into a credit card startup called Extend. Now that ex- immediately goes, what does Extend do? And Extend has built mobile technology business owners, a technology that they can use to share their corporate credit cards with employees and freelancers without handing over their actual credit cards. Okay. I get it. Have you ever been? Have you ever had that boss who comes up to you and says, "If you need anything, anything, you tell me." You're like, "Well, I kind of want a new computer." Well, anything but that. <laughs> of course, he's not going to say no to a new computer, but he doesn't want to whip out his credit card, so he can probably embed the technology in your phone for up to 24 hours. Go get that. Go get that computer. <laughs> I get it. Is it solving a major problem? No. It seems to be refining a problem that's out there. Accounting. Amazon's now going to deliver packages to Prime members' cars. (laughs) So let's say you're getting a back massage in your car and you need uh, massage oil. CNBC reported that there's a new delivery system that's underway. Free in-car delivery is available to Prime members in select cities and only through supported vehicles. Prime members register their car type. They complete checkout on the site like normal, and then they park their car at a designated delivery address and wait for the food or package to come to them. I uh, 
was at a convenience store the other day. I know, I know, right? It's, it's again, is that solving a big problem? Or is that the Bay Area solving a, a small problem? Or is that technology solving a small problem? I, I feel like it's a small problem. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I've got a big event coming up in Cupertino. It's going to be income in retirement. I'm going to go over some stocks that I'm holding and buying and, and letting go of. You can also hear more from CFP Chad Burton at the event. It's coming up in Cupertino. You can learn more by going to Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show, signing up. Use code radio25 if you've never been to an event. If you've been to more than three events, the code will not work. It's uh, You can sign up at Rob Black Show, Juniper Hotel, coming up May 3rd, 630 to 830. Use code radio25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I once worked on set with a guy who was obsessed with donuts and food presentation on television shows. It was his thing. He liked to stack donuts so that, like, you would be watching two characters interact with each other at a diner, and you'd be distracted. You look at the donuts and kind of lose yourself, much like people do in real life, right? Uh huh. So, lots of stuff going on. A lot of delivery going on, right? A lot of stories in this 21st century about drones delivering stuff and cars delivering stuff, and old people getting into Ubers and Lyfts and. Going to the pharmacy, or the pharmacy comes to them. Can you imagine a day and age where you can go walk to your car and say, "Well, I'd like some of those pink pills because I got phlebitis." I don't even want to know what phlebitis is, but the delivery boom is changing everything about the restaurant business now, and a lot of people need to adapt and/or change. Uh, there's a restaurant in my hometown that if you take an Uber or Lyft to the restaurant. They'll give you like $10 off your meal, maybe even 10%. I'm not even sure, but I love it because they're trying to tackle the, we want to get people in the restaurant, but people who don't want to deal with parking. Got it. Got it. So that restaurant's adapting, right? There's a tech pioneer guru who I still like to read. His name's Tom Siebel. He started Siebel Systems and He'll throw out some ideas like, have you ever ridden in a self-driving car? He's like, I won't go into one. That's despite the fact that he's you know, got an a artificial intelligence company and a machine learning company designed particularly for self-driving cars. Siebel is a legend in the software industry. He sold his company, Siebel Systems, to Larry Ellison's Oracle back in 2006 for $5.85 billion. Now he's got a new company called C3 IoT, Internet of Things, right? It's focused on using artificial intelligence for things such as predicting failure of oil rigs and jets and saving companies money by doing so. So he's using machine language, machine learning, artificial intelligence to potentially do big things that you'll never even notice. Predicting failures of oil rigs or jet engines that might, might explode, saving companies money by doing so. You saw in 2018, there was a big story about Southwest where an engine blew up and threw a part into the window of a passenger and she got sucked out of the plane and ultimately died. So the self-driving initiatives, he's looking at artificial intelligence and machine learning going, nah, I don't buy it. 
but Alphabet's Google and NVIDIA and other companies are, are aggressively going after it. So he's bringing up the concept of a mixed bag when it comes to dealing with technology. And I love that. So it's a mix of enthusiasm and dread and the incredible benefits to society, uh, much like the big industrial revolution, you know, it, it, it had very grave costs down with the steam engine with the industrial revelation uh, revolution. You had things like child slave labor, displacement of populations as people moved to cities. You had the rise of communism of people who, um, if you work for the state, the state gives back to you. Instead of if you work for industry, you provide your own future. It was division. So there was a lot of good in technological change. There's a lot of bad in technological change. So using artificial intelligent algorithms, um, when you're buying tons and tons of materials, when you're trying to manage margins, when you're trying to protect machinery, companies like John Deere, 3M, Royal Dutch Shell are all signing up. Quasi-government entities like the U.S. government's uh, U.S. Air Force signing up. So he's an old cat, Tom Siebel, and uh, I kind of like that he's around and that he's bringing up conversations about the Internet of Things and conversations. And again, if, just 2017, 2018, just start watching the TV show Westworld and the questions that arise when you give a machine artificial intelligence. Are you allowed to rape and murder it? If you have a, a pet robot dog, an Ibo, are you allowed to stomp on it? Or are you still a, a serial killer in the making just because it's a robot and not a real animal? There's a lot of questions. And, and even saying things like, I don't want to get into a self-driving car. It, it's telling you like there's going to be some hurdles to be overcome, but then we get over them. Take a look at technology in the last you know 20 years when we used to use... Uh, Beepers. 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 We would pay 20 bucks a month to have someone beep us so we can call them back. And like, I had one. I'm embarrassed by it, but I had one. So if you go back to the 1930s and 1940s, you had, you know, back in the 1940s, you had the first computer called ENIAC. Um, and that was in Pennsylvania somewhere. Then you had IBM and digital equipment. Uh, now you have like the Internet of Things. Everything kind of starts to pile on top of each other. It starts, you know, uh, but you essentially have to have a computer for all of this technology to continue to work. So there was a, a law called Metcalfe's Laws. And um, the value of network increases in proportion to the square of the number of entities connected to it and connecting to one another. So getting more information and more artificial intelligence and machine learning it shows you like Facebook, I'm not going to say that they're bad actors, but the technology that you want out of it, it's not there yet or it's developing and it's not a big story, but the ability to figure out like, Hey, Rob likes to ski. That's, that's there. Facial recognition. It's, it's, we have a lot to be delighted with and we've got a lot to be worried about. And I think 2017, 2018 is really showing us that with data breaches and with problems with uh, privacy. So it's all out there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and give me a call. Want the podcast with music? 
Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Trying to get you to retirement hopefully sooner than later. There's a lot to think about from budgets to savings to investing. No, it's not legalized gambling. Insurance issues state planning, and much, much more. Listen to the show. I'll promise to try to enlighten you. For instance, Starbucks just opened up, or they didn't open up, but they're talking about having more drive throughs That would get more business from me. I think that's a company to think about for the long term. Patrick I was going to make espresso. Briefing.com. I always start my day at your website. Uh, not at your website, but at the company website, briefing.com, but your article, page one. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Good morning, Rob. I'm doing okay, thanks. Sound a little tired, if I can be honest. You sound a little tired. <laughs> yeah, it's a tiring period, uh, and we're just kind of getting started here with uh, with first quarter earnings reporting season ramping up. Um, a lot of news, obviously, uh, hitting on the earnings front, but no shortage of news uh, elsewhere. That's right. Now, is there anything that's important to you? Because I can tell you the one thing that's important to me, it's the, uh, the tenure treasury hitting 3%. So that to me is like a little bit of a scary thing. But is there anything else in the news that other than earnings and Macron and uh, all the drama and going ons? Uh, well, you know, earnings to me right now are the most important thing. Being a being a stock market analyst, because you know, earnings should should drive the market. But um, but uh, the degree to which earnings grow also uh, has a little something to do with what happens with with interest rates. And I think that you've touched on something here, and that the the ten year yield hitting three percent is, you know, it's not um, it's not ridiculously high, but it's uh, certainly kind of one of the psychological levels there uh, that are catching the market's attention. Because as you know, Treasury rates continue to move up, uh, they create you know competition for stocks that otherwise has not existed over the last you know what nine years, <laughs> pretty much. So, uh, you know, we tend to talk about what's going on with the 10-year for, for, for good reasons. But, you know, putting things in perspective here as it relates to an investor's perspective on taking risk or looking at a risk-free instrument like a treasury security, you have the uh, yield on the one-year T-bill uh, at, you know, 2.24%, which is uh, in excess of the actual dividend yield on the S&P 500. So in a period here where you've got a lot of you know volatility, a lot of uncertainties relates to political outlook, uh, things like that, um, all of a sudden, you know, people might just say, take a step back and say, I don't want the stomach-churning volatility. I want to sleep easily at night right now, and so I'll just, you know, opt for, you know, a risk-free rate of return there uh, that is okay. It's nothing stellar, but it's okay, and you'll you'll sleep a little easier. So, so that's the competition factor that, that kicks in here now with, uh, with interest rates moving up across the curve. A lot going on, and that interest rates moving up means mortgages are more expensive, credit cards are more expensive, building new buildings or factories are more expensive, because if you're financing it, the costs go up, and that's where I see the drag on the economy. With that said, is there something to be said about, you know how we've always been told, like, buy high, sell low? Um, it's almost incredibly uh, buy on the rumor, sell on the news. Is it almost that the economic news is so good that we should be lightening up? 
because it's so good, because it can only go not bad from here, but it can't go to the greatest economic news ever or the greatest, greatest economic. Is there something with that in your opinion? Uh, you know, I think that's, that's a really insightful perspective, Rob. I, th- I think that, um, you know, first, let's realize, you know, inter- you know, rising interest rates are a natural offshoot of an, of an improving economy, right? You should right. get higher rates as economic activity improves. As economic activity improves, you should get, you know, stronger earnings growth, okay? So that's, that's the good in this. Uh, the, I guess, quote-unquote bad in it, as you allude to it, is, is that, you know, the market right now, um, has had things so good for so long with respect to low interest rates that it's it's uh, starting to grow nervous about the fact that earnings growth is is near a peak. It might actually be at a peak or certainly near a peak, and I think that's partly explains why you have not seen a, uh, a sharper response, really, to uh, the earnings reports early on here in the first quarter reporting period that, you know, are showing robust earnings growth. I mean, we're on track, according to FactSet, for 18.3% earnings growth in the first quarter, which would be the strongest in seven years. And uh, when you look at the full-year outlook for 2018, you're looking at uh, almost 19% earnings growth. So that's that's stellar, you know, and uh, but you're not getting a, a lot of follow-through buying interest right now on the heels of good earnings news, because I think that the market is kind of sniffing out the specter of rising interest rates and the potential profit margin impact uh, related to um, to those rising rates. Um, you know, one of the Shock absorbers, if you will, right now, though, is that you have a market with a lower PE multiple than you did at the start of the year. Uh, we're at about 16 and a half times forward 12 month earnings, which is just ahead of the, the five year average, uh, historical average. So, so valuation is still, you know, full, but it's not, you know, excessive, certainly relative to what we saw earlier in the year. And so I think that it's probably why you get a market here that tries to uh, chop around for a bit. As it as it's gonna kind of let things settle down a little bit on the interest rate side of things and watch incoming data and what it could ultimately uh, entail for Fed policy. So where do we go from here at this point in time as a market analyst? Um, it's been kind of a rough year. We've had some more volatility. We've had some earnings that look better than expected. I I personally haven't seen them. This is maybe the question for you. Have you seen any of the benefits from the lower taxes and the tax cuts for corporate America, bigger buybacks? Have you seen anything tangible that's like it's working? Well, you know, it's certainly being reflected in the in the in the bottom line growth that you're hearing reported here. A number of companies have, you know, made a point in their press releases to point out, you know, how much lower their effective tax rate was this reporting period, and how it, you know, has helped uh, with with respect to net income growth. And so, um, so that's showing up um, certainly. Um, What. What you need to see it show up more in, though, is in coming months is what we see on, you know, the consumer spending and the retail sales front. You know, how have the tax cuts uh, inspired, you know, consumers to, to spend more, uh, if that has indeed been the case. Uh, and if you get the follow-through there, uh, then you should see GDP growth uh, somewhat, you know, solid here as the year progresses. We're likely to get a somewhat tepid uh, first quarter growth number, um, 
and so you have a bit of a wait-and-see uh, mentality kicking in as it relates to whether these tax cuts are really going to manifest themselves in stronger uh, consumer spending activity uh, and, and business investment. And so that, that remains to be seen. But uh, certainly in terms of the, the cut, the tax rate, it's, hurt, it's helped a lot with respect to, uh, to net income growth here in the first quarter. You're always awesome at what you do. I do appreciate it. Um, I start my day with page one, and it's earnings season, so it's a little bit of a, a cheat sheet for me to see what I need to focus on for the day. But you also finish the week with a big picture column. Tell us a little bit about the big picture and how it differs from your page one and uh, what you might be working on for the Friday column. Right. Well, the big picture um, is, is macro-oriented, you know, hence the, the, the term, the big picture. Sure. Um, and it touches on a range of topics uh, that can be, you know, both uh, economically based or interest rate uh, focused or earnings based. And so it's basically meant to uh, capture these, these macro topics uh, of interest for, for Briefing.com subscribers uh, to give them a better sense and a better understanding of things they need to think about to be better informed investors who can make, you know, better investment decisions on their own. Um, so the last one I did uh, last week was <clears throat> uh, just kind of highlighting, you know, what happens when the yield curve inverts uh, and when you actually see recession hit. Um, the two don't happen simultaneously, uh, but the yield curve is still a, a leading indicator. But um, but there can be some time before the actual economy falls into recession after a yield curve inversion. So, uh, but with that said, you know, looking at this week, you know, I would imagine that uh, what I will end up running around to is something related to how the market is reacting here to not only the earnings reporting, but what's going on in the Treasury market and how to assess that. We've got about a minute and a half. Is there anything else that you're working on that should bring out the highlights, or should we just uh, bump through the earnings season and see how the, the spring becomes summer, so to speak? You know, watching spring uh, turn to summer in a hurry here, uh, living living in Chicago and knowing that we had snow on the ground a week ago. But you know, let me just say that you know, really just keep an eye on uh, kind of like the the complexion of the market here is, is you know you get good earnings news and then you know watch what the response is. You haven't seen a really strong response to it, which makes you think that this good earnings news has been priced in to a large extent, uh, and uh, and you may get some more uh, moves to sort of sell into uh, the strength of, of stocks that have gone up big in recent years, and and then you run into what we would call somewhat of a consolidation period where the market kind of chops around and goes sideways for a while. Sounds good. Thanks for your help, as always. It's Mr. Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, and yeah, the, the cold of Chicago is finally starting to thaw, and maybe they're going straight into summer, because this has been a long, long winter. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find Briefing at Briefing.com. I've been, honestly, I've been working with Briefing.com. I've been starting my day with them for almost 20 years. That's insane consistency. Long lines with Wall Street Journal and Barron's and New York Times. That's pretty cool. You can find me online at RobBlackShow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Starbucks has got a brand new plan to dominate the world. It kind of sounds like their last plan to dominate the world. Um, well, they don't always hit home runs, so give me a break. 
They plan to push more lattes and egg wraps out the door, but not through the door, through the window. 80% of their new stores that they're going to open up have some sort of drive through component. The problem is McDonald's has got drive through down pretty well, as does Dunkin' Brands. For Starbucks, if someone is at the drive through before you and they get the coffee maca latio with double ice and a switcheroo, oh, and they want a specialty ham and egg biscuit, can Starbucks replicate what McDonald's does? Convenience is really the key, right? Starbucks is slower than its major competitors, and it could ultimately fire. When backfire when you built a business on free Wi-Fi plus chairs. Um, you know, then the beauty of the baristas and how they they prepare the stuff is it the same when you push the same product through the window instead of through the you know the seat? Would you like some coffee? But that's part of their business plan. Speaking of business plans, uh, CFP Chad Burton does seminars with me in the Bay Area. We've got one coming up in the early month of May. You can learn more about it by going to robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com. It's uh, May 3rd, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar to the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino. Let's listen in to a little CFP, Chad Burton, as he talks his talk in the financial planning world. Don't forget to sign up for the event Rob Black and I are doing on next Thursday, 6.30 p.m., Jupiter Hotel and Cupertino Retirement Income Strategies, and uh, basically how to set up your portfolio so that you can get through market corrections. And it's, you're going to spend 70% of your time enjoying the market returns. 30% of the time is negative. Every five to seven years, you have some sort of a large correction. And as long as you are not forced to sell due to your emotions or due to having to pay expenses, you'll be okay as long as you have a plan to get through those points in time. But it's the mistakes that are made in 30% of the years that ruin retirements. And you can do several tests to retirement. I, there's there's a new Focus Financial Group. There is, um, under the blog section, there's a article you can download, six retirement tests that I talk about. And most people run their retirement scenarios on an online calculator, which are, they're awful. Online calculators do not work for retirement. If you're 30 or 40 and you're trying to get a basic idea how much you can save, have at it. They will hopefully motivate you. But if you're 50, 55 years old trying to figure out if you're ready to retire in 5, 10, 15 years, they don't work. They don't look at the fact that some people have a lot of money in 401ks and some people have a lot of money outside of 401ks that have already been taxed. So there's no tax calculations. There's no transition of a portfolio. You're going to have a different rate of return in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s than you are when you're preparing for retirement, transitioning your portfolio to a more conservative portfolio. So there's no transition of, of portfolio growth assumptions. And there's definitely no withdrawal strategies. How do, you, how do you use an online calculator to say that, okay, I'm going to have three years worth of cash on the sidelines, three years of portfolio draws, so I can live off of that when the market has corrections, but during the good years, on the quarterly basis, I'm going to peel off enough gains to replenish the cash that I've spent. How do you model that, right? Uh, with an online calculator, they can't model a withdrawal strategy. There's also no varying Social Security issues. So when you have a married couple, and if you are meet, meet the right ages and you can still do a restricted application, um, you have different levels of income. When one spouse dies, the smaller check goes away, and the survivor spouse gets the larger check. Online calculators don't work very well for that, do they? 
You can also use Monte Carlo simulation, though. But look, Monte Carlo simulations, they're so fancy. They sound so fancy that some advisors use them to sell. In other words, they'll take your existing portfolio and they'll run a Monte Carlo simulation that shows you a bad return. Because maybe you're 50 and you're all in stocks, but you're not going to be all in stocks in retirement. So it's not really a proper model of your retirement. So Monte Carlo simulation can be very useful tool, but if you use it, have an advisor that's using that to sell you something, I, don't, I just don't like, it's kind of cheesy. Um, what is a Monte Carlo simulation? It's used to model the probability of different outcomes in a process that cannot be easily predicted due to the intervention of random variables. It's a technique used to understand the impact of risk and uncertainty in prediction and forecasting models. So when you look at different asset classes, they all have a certain standard deviation. There's different correlations to different asset classes. But we were talking last segment about the order of stock market returns and how they're so random. And when does inflation come? When does inflation subside? You know, when is it off the charts, like in the late 70s, early 80s? You never know when those periods of time are going to come. All you can do is look at asset classes and their volatility and look back in time and how what returns were. And you can use Monte Carlo simulation, which a short version is a thousand different scenarios. A longer version might take the computer, you know, several minutes to run, which is several thousand different versions of how stock market returns can be. And it can kick out a probability of success. And we've seen situations where you look at a person's situation and you run a conservative growth rate of say five and a half percent. Let's say that what happens if you get like 2007 to 2017 returns again throughout your retirement, five and a half percent balanced portfolio through the giant credit crisis where the market was down 48% and then finally recovered. What if you get that throughout retirement? Well, we've seen situations where, okay, you're going to be okay if you get that throughout retirement. But then we'll run a Monte Carlo simulation, which has to do with a younger person, let's say 55, they're going to retire. They have could live a long time, they could live a short time. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.